everyone to Game Source Podcast episode 51. I'm sure this is a voice you probably haven't heard in a while. Uh, this is Nick. Uh, your host. this? <laughs> no sly remark yet, Gerald? Um, Another beautiful day in Paradiso. <laughs> All right. Well, tonight we have uh, Jeremiah, Bryce, and Stephanie with us. Hello. Anyway, everybody, um, we're kickstarting the night off. Um, I know we're coming in a little bit shy since it's the beginning of December, but Black Friday wasn't too far away. Um, as you likely know from all the marketing campaigns and everything else that they've had on TV, online, editorials, and whatnot, um, just kind of a brief synopsis of what the Black Friday sales closed at for Xbox 360. I'm just going to give a brief rundown, and then we could break down and discuss it later. So Xbox 360 closed at 750000 Uh Was that unit sales? Was that within just the United States or worldwide, Gerald? Okay, cool. Uh, so PlayStation 3 closed at 525000 uh, The Wii U, uh, pretty impressive, 400000 uh, The Wii itself, 300000 Nintendo DS, 275000 the Nintendo 3DS, 250000 and the PlayStation Vita at a pitiful $160,000. Um, do those numbers really surprise anybody, or were those pretty much the expectations volume-wise of what was going to sell for Black Friday? Um, Gerald, do you want to kick us off on that? Uh, yeah, first off... Uh... I'm going to say that uh, sales as a whole in the indus- are matching the industry uh, as for other, as far as for the rest of the year um, because sales overall were down for consoles because at this time last year uh, Microsoft sold over 900,000 consoles and you could you know lead that to one of many things uh, it being the end of a console cycle for both the PS3 and the 360 among other things. Uh, 3DS, there's not much interest in the 3DS and this products as of late. Um, the Wii U, however, uh, they were saying, even though it wasn't a complete sellout, that sales were close to maximum for the United States. Um, so that's okay for them, I guess. And worldwide, it's coming in right around a million sales so far so far to date. So that's a pretty good sign for Nintendo, but it's so far it's not coming out to be the gangbusters that they thought it would be similar to what the Wii was back in 2006. Um, all, but the main thing is I've got a little egg on my face because earlier this year I had said that if they had done a Call of Duty bundle and they had brought down the price to $199 I re- and they pushed it on television and advertised on television that we would see a lot of units being sold through then. Um, unfortunately, as you just stated, that wasn't the case, and actually they did all those things. They had a Call of Duty bundle at 199 that they promoted uh, pretty heavily for the, that two-day period, uh, both in you know retailer advertising but also via television advertising. And uh, that's pretty disappointing, uh, to say the least, for Sony. And uh, at this point in time, I think it might be uh, time to start, you know, Saying the uh, the old hail mary for the old PlayStation Vita right now because it doesn't look too good, but uh, that's just uh, what I see of it. Uh, anyone else chime uh, in? You, you know, the PlayStation Vita the the sales really really aren't very surprising to be completely honest. Um, with the price point, 
not wavering. I, I really didn't think there was going to be a significant jump in sales uh, anyway. Although Sony should probably have some concerns if the 3DS and DS still outweighed sales by just shy of 100,000 units, which is, again, pretty pitiful on Sony's part. Um, I don't know if somebody in their marketing department or, you know, I don't know, somebody, somebody needs to get off the crack pipe and, and realize that they need to adjust or tweak the sales or make whatever they have more enticing or else they're going to be sitting at that same thing even through the Christmas season. So um, They need to bring Kevin Butler back. But Oh, wait, I'm sorry. He's too busy pushing Wheeze. <laughs> he was the face of Sony. They really uh, – that really – I don't know. I, I was really disappointed to not see him on, on their commercials anymore. I, I actually liked him. He was cool. Yeah. But, but, but Nick, when, when the face of Sony is in a Bridgestone commercial pushing a Wii, that really doesn't bode well for Sony now, does it? No, of course not. But, you know, I, yeah, we're not going to get into that. But um, now do you think, and this is just just another question for everybody. You guys are more welcome to chime in on this. But do you think that the uh, economy, the status of the economy right now within the United States um, affected the overall sales of each of these units? And do you think that also the anticipation of people's anticipation of seeing a new console arriving you know potentially everybody's hopes are next uh, next year's e3 at least some display of a new console do you think that's deterring people from making purchases on these systems or is it detracting them from you know they're just kind of wanting to sit idly by and and wait on it or do you think that the sales numbers are are fairly strong and were expected um before you know, to be as high as they were before the holiday season. Um, Jeremiah, what do you think? Well, I think uh, the economy probably didn't have a, you know, too much to do with it because um, from everything I was saying, um, a lot of people were saying that uh, this Black Friday people were spending a lot more than they had like previous years. Um, so the definitely, you know, the money was definitely there. Um, I mean, yeah, some of the numbers are. I guess not too surprising to me. I did hope that the Vita would do a little bit better, but I kind of figured it probably wouldn't. Um, but I think, you know, they just they needed to have a better deal in there for it um, to get it, you know, get it into more people's hands so that, you know, it's it makes, you know, the game developers want to make more games for it, which is the main reason that people don't want to get it is because it doesn't have enough games. And, yeah, the price point being a big part of it but uh, I think the money was was definitely there at least yeah um, Bryce what is what's your opinion on it uh, I'm gonna agree with Jeremiah uh, the numbers aren't surprising uh, unfortunately I feel handheld or I think in the past nowadays I think developers should just focus on making apps for phones right now you'd definitely make a lot more money it's a lot more cost effective to just make applications that people can just buy off their phone uh wii u i thought would be higher but then i remembered that they were limited 
to how much of the actual reuse were shipped to the U.S. and people could buy. But overall, it looks like Nintendo comes on top if you add in all the numbers together. It still surpasses Xbox and PlayStation. I, I was I was actually a little surprised about the I was actually a little surprised about you know collectively Nintendo still well I guess I don't know it doesn't really come as much of a surprise because it looks like Nintendo has a much greater product line out that you know consistently sells but I don't know I think that um, you know we've had this discussion multiple times before in previous podcasts but. You know, like you said, Bryce, I mean, ultimately, mobile phones are are dominating the the mobile handheld market. And I think for them to continue to make advancements and investments, which are really wasted investments, in my opinion, in handhelds, they're not, you know, their life is is really coming to a short-term, a short-term end. However, you know... It, what's surprising to me is is that those DS and 3D, uh, 3DS sales are still fairly consistent. I, I they're really not diminishing much, and I think it's uh, as always. Nintendo is just I think Nintendo caters to a much greater audience, um, at least at this stage of the game, than PlayStation 3 and uh, Xbox 360. So, um, Stephanie, I apologize, but forgot to you know didn't mean to forget about you there. What what's your opinion on all this? Well, I think that my personal thoughts about the Vita and the really lack of sales there is that they don't have enough games out for it that really utilize the full capabilities of the system. Like, there's a few really good ones, like Gravity Rush does a lot with the touchpad and the backpad. But a lot of the games that are coming out for it are few and far between, and then they're not really utilizing everything the system has to offer. As far as Nintendo, yeah, they only shipped you know, the limited number of Wii U's, and you still can find some, but I know when we were looking around actually trying to get games, some more games for it, and we were looking around, there was only one or two places that we found that still had any in stock, so it didn't completely sell out, but it's not like, you know, you can go walk down the street to any Walmart you want, and you're going to find one, you might have to search around for it a bit. Um, Xbox and 360, you know, they're still the powerful systems. They are kind of going out of getting to the end of their cycle, so I don't know really what to think about that one. And, you know, they were on sale. They, yeah. Our second topic uh, was the financial um, analysis. Analyses. Analysis, yeah. Analysis. <laughs> Analysis. <laughs> uh, financial. <laughs> the financial collaboration. There we go. Uh, the the estimate for uh, Call of Duty Black Ops. There we go. There, there's a topic. No, f- it was financial analysts. I I know. We we're just making analy. We're making fun of the analy. Analysis. <laughs> analyses. 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 Um, for Call of Duty Black Ops Two, uh, sales for the life of the title may be off as much as fifteen percent. Oh, finally. <laughs> From Call of Duty Modern Warfare Three. Is my dream finally becoming a reality? I, Gerald has had to have written that. Um, yes, to answer everybody's question, my dream is becoming a reality, for your information. Uh, I am so sick of seeing the continuation of the series be continually successful when there are such minor and insignificant changes to each iteration of this title that 
in my opinion, do not make it worth the continual purchase value. I, I don't understand why people continue to buy into this game when you have slight adjustments to the uh, online multiplayer and they change a couple maps around and suddenly it's, I don't know, one of the best-selling games you know every year. So um, as to why that continues to happen is is beyond me. Well, but then again, that's I'm not a Call of Duty fan, so... <laughs> Uh, Call of Duty fans want to play a Call of Duty game, and changing it drastically is not making it a Call of Duty game. So every year, people buy the same game because that's what they want to play. <laughs> when you want to play Skyrim, you it, do you want something to drastically change in Skyrim to make it so it's not Skyrim anymore? It doesn't have the same feel? No. No. no but do you I mean, want to play Skyrim? That's but, what you bought it for. <laughs> I mean, there's ways to change the game... And keep the same formula. I mean, uh, look, actually, uh, actually, Bryce, they call it Elder Scrolls MMO. So that's uh, yeah, unfortunately. But they did change the game. I mean, I'm kind of defending Call of Duty, but they kind of went somewhere new with it as far as aesthetically. Uh, it still plays like a Call of Duty game, but they threw in a bunch of new things for the Call of Duty fans. Especially I mean, on the campaign side. Yeah, they're attempting to, uh, to change but still keep the same formula that keeps selling. But when is, when is enough enough with that series? Uh, when that number of 15% hits the 50 to 60% margin, most likely. Well, I mean, isn't it the same thing, though, with sports games? Every year there's a couple new changes, but it's pretty much just a new roster that yep. could be essentially put into a DLC, but people keep buying those, too. Exactly. I, well, the, I, it, it's not Nick. It's not the. Uh, I mean, because when when a financial analysts are talking about the sales being down as much as fifteen percent, they're talking about after the first week and long term. Uh, initially, the first day sales made over five what uh, five hundred million in sales for the biggest entertainment opening ever. But after that, it's just like for instance, Call of Duty Modern Warfare Three had a bigger opening than Call of Duty Black Ops. But in the end, lifetime sales were down. Uh, so people long-term are not telling others how great the game is. And people are just, like you said, the casual fan, the Call of Duty hardcore fan, is going to get the game regardless and, and sign up for Elite and all that. It's the casual fans which are becoming less and less interested in buying yearly iterations of the product. Well, and and that's and that's what I was saying. I mean, I you know, I'm not trying to dog the game. It, it, I mean, personally, just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's it's a bad game. I, I've played. Yes, you are. Yes, I, you are dogging it. I've played previous iterations of, of uh, COD, and you know, it, it, I mean, it, it's an okay game. It doesn't really appeal to me because that's not the particular genre that I'm most interested in. However. Again, with each of these iterations, it's fine that it, the appeal is there for the hard, hardcore Call of Duty fans like you were saying, Gerald. But again, I think with each iteration, there's just less and less and less and less appeal to casual gamers and people who aren't interested in purchasing additional DLC and spending a lot more on the initial game to get you know passes and whatnot and, and things of that nature. And I just think... Long term, the more they add on here, that's going to be deterring factors to casual gamers, which a large part of the gaming community is casual gamers. And not to say that there's there's any less 
larger larger part that's you know hardcore but i don't know i think just overall by continually come out with more and more and more and more every year and i absolutely agree i'm tired of seeing the madden and nfl games that that they add an, an add a new team slap the label on it and come out i'm sick of seeing those games too um i just think there's you know you they're, they're not making enough appeal to keep um a large part of their audience attracted to the game so I just don't know what that says long term about, you know, how many how many more games of this this kind they're going to be able to come out with and still be successful. Well, at the same time too, like you know, there's always map packs. Um, I mean, that's usually the main DLC. Sometimes they have some extra stuff like guns and you know cosmetic junk. But uh, like you know, for those casual gamers that are you know kind of already getting on the fence about should I get the next one. And like they're seeing, well, you know, how much should I spend on map packs? And they're like, well, I don't, do I really want to do that again for the next game? Yeah. And, you know, it just is getting less and less appealing for a lot of those players. Yeah. I just want the job at, at Activision in their research department because I know somebody, uh, I, I want that job, whoever gets paid, uh, to look up all those quotes for those war quotes. So every time you die, you see a different war quote from all the different Call of Duty games. I wonder who gets that, who has that job. It seems like a cool job. <laughs> but that job would go away if Call of Duty goes away. Yeah. Uh, it'd be replaced with something else. Whatever game is flavor of the month. Yeah, but they'll just get it reassigned to another job. But, you know, hey, you're going out, you're going out for, you know, trying to pick up the ladies and say, hey, well, you know, what do you do for a living? I look up war quotes. <laughs> I'm sure someone who has that job title would make something a little bit fancier. Maybe, maybe not. Activision. Uh, what is it? Uh, research. Designer. <laughs> Histor- historical research department. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to be the head of the historical research department. <laughs> so VGA Awards. They announced the Game of the Year candidates, which included the following. Journey, The Walking Dead. I don't even know how that managed to get on this list. Mass Effect 3, Assassin's Creed 3, Dishonored. I think I was asking you about that earlier, Bryce. Yeah. What do you what do you think these candidates? What do you think of these candidates, and which one has a greater likelihood to win? And also, if you could pick which game that doesn't belong, well, that's an easy one. What would you replace it with, and why? Uh, Stephanie, why don't we start with you? Well, I don't know. If for me, none of these are really games that I uh, wanted to play so much. I just, I never really played Mass Effect or Assassin's Creed. I didn't pick up Dishonored. I haven't really played any of these. From what I've heard, The Waking Dead obviously probably doesn't belong there. Uh, for me, it's kind of hard to pick what I would put in there, what I wouldn't, because I have a pretty eclectic gaming sense. But uh, for me, I'm personally thinking either you know, it's going to be between Mass Effect 3 and Assassin's Creed 3, maybe Dishonored, but that's, that's what it's probably going to turn out. Jarrell, okay. what about you? Well, uh, first off, um, for The Walking Dead, uh, I mean, you got to include all five of the chapters, so um, I'd probably say which of those games will win. I'd probably say even 
even though the ending was not to my, uh, I'm sure not to anyone's satisfaction, um, Mass Effect 3 for 95% was the game of the year, um, in my opinion. Um, the game that does belong there is Journey. It's a three-hour game. It's an outstanding game, and people should download and buy it if you've got a PS3. I highly recommend it. But uh, to put up a three-hour game compared to all those other games, which you know have much larger budgets, much larger issues to deal with, and uh, you know when you're playing it, must you know contain the player for for much longer period of time and must keep must keep their attention uh, for a long period of time i uh, I, I think i don't that, know if you can really bring game time into it like that's a uh, i don't know i do I, portal I, came out portal is amazing that is a really short game um but it won game of the year for you know multiple different sites because it's a you know really well portal well portal two game. portal 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 two portal the original portal but that was just part of Half Life too. No, I mean when I was when I'm talking about Game of the Year, they were picking just Portal. Um, I mean, obviously, if you want to call you know the Orange Box, like I mean that's you know the the kind of cheap way out, you know, winner. But uh, I mean, people were saying Portal was their Game of the Year for I just you know a lot just, of reasons. I just think that that Portal, uh, excuse me, that Journey does not belong because in fact simply you know. They have different standards when you're when you're going by it as far as for such a shorter game. I mean, they, there's more room for error the longer game or bigger game that you manufacture. And um, even with The Walking Dead, you know, the five episodes they may be short for each episode, but, but put together, it's a, it's you know can be a substantially uh, uh, time-consuming game. And I think that 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 game, you know, despite what a lot of people say, that game uh, fared very well. Uh, but at this point in time, I'd have to say it's Journey. Um, well, yeah, I would agree that Journey probably does not fit at all. Like, I think that was them just trying to look cool to pick the niche game uh, to put in there. But I wouldn't say it's because of the length of the game. Because uh, that's a game that most people have gone through, like, many several times. Um, so, I mean, the actual length of a single playthrough is not really... Um, you I, know, think it, I think it has... A, I think journey, it has everything, so to speak. I think it has everything to do with it because, like I said, it just leaves more. The longer game that you have, for instance, Skyrim, the longer you know, the more room that you have for error. And if you're judging, let's say, Assassin's Creed, which can take fifty to sixty hours, as opposed to something that's three hours, that's that seems to be a little bit imbalanced. As far as the overall game of the year, if you're putting them on the same pedestal. But, you know, need I digress on that? I mean, the true Game of the Year awards will be done by our site and hopefully later this month. But, you know, that's just my thing on that. Nick? I don't know. I haven't really... I played a little bit of The Walking Dead. I, I To be honest with you, I don't think I've really played enough of any of these games to really make any solid conclusion. Uh, however, from the brief period of time I did play The Walking Dead, the game didn't have an incredible amount of appeal to me. Uh, I think overall it was an okay experience. I don't think I would waste the money to buy it. Uh, it was nice trying it out. However, so you're, not a, you're not a fan of point-and-clink adventures as a whole? Is that it, or is it just the game itself? 
Well, you know, I, I mean, I think the point and click, I, I don't know, you know, it, it's hard because when I play zombie games, I, I oftentimes, you know, compare them to how Resident Evil plays. And that's just because I'm, I'm in particular Resident Evil fan, despite what my opinions are on the latest release of that game. But I, I just think the point and click, you know, it's one thing when you have a survival horror and, you know, of course, going behind every door and, you know, creeping around corners. I mean, that, that's the whole, I mean, that's the whole meat and potatoes of, of a survival horror game. You don't know what's going to be around the next corner. And in that regard, I I think the walking dead accomplished that. I I think it was a very, um, a frightening game to play because, you know, you didn't really know where to go. You know, you just saw objects around and you just clicked them. However, I think to a certain point, it, became frustrating to play because because of that factor the the whole point and click factor so yeah for me that is a very detracting factor that um really really detrimentally impacts my overall opinion on on the way that game plays Uh, i i personally from an animator standpoint i don't care for the graphics on the game either uh however that's a really small issue overall. I think where a lot of the flaws lie are are the overall uh, composition of the game. So personally, I don't think The Walking Dead even really belongs anywhere near on that list. I don't even think it's worthy of even me being considered a candidate. Um, however, again, that's my opinion. Take it for what it's worth. Now, Mass Effect 3, uh, despite, again, I, I didn't finish the game, but despite, like you were saying, Gerald, the, the horrific ending that it sounds like everybody was really displeased with, I would really have to say Game of the Year is probably going to be a toss-up between Assassin's Creed 3 and Mass Effect 3. And really, why I say Assassin's Creed is that, you know, at E3 this year, there was a tremendous hype at that booth. I mean, there were a number of people who were very, very interested in seeing the, the just the gameplay on that. And I, I think it has a lot of potential. However, if I really had to choose which one it was going to be, I'm, I'm going to say it's probably going to be likely, uh, it's probably going to be Mass Effect 3 is going to probably get the game of the year. But, Bryce, do we get Assassin's your... Assassin's Creed 3 did have a really cool trailer. That's that's what brought a lot of people. Yeah, it did. I thought I thought so too. I I was blown away. I, I was captivated by the graphics and. But, the, uh, but see, that's that's the thing with Assassin's Creed Three. It that's why you know after playing through it, um, it just didn't meet up to the hype with some. We, it, it was a great game. Don't get me wrong, and it obviously scored well here at, at Game Source. But when I, with the you know the glitches aside and and a couple of the the eavesdropping um, missions that you had to do, um, it was an outstanding game. But we were expecting that it was going to be hands down game of the year when it, we were watching all those videos. But it, but I mean you know if if not even for that, I just don't know. You know again I I can't I can't really talk too much on Assassin's Creed Three. I haven't gotten a chance to play, I haven't got the opportunity to play the game so. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just going by again, you know, the consistent feedback before the game's release that was like, oh, wow, the game looks amazing. Graphics look amazing. They've, they've added a lot of new gaming mechanics. There's a lot of new components. There's, you know, entirely new, you know, missions, types of missions. And 
I mean, overall, I was pretty psyched about the game, and I'm not a huge Assassin's Creed fan. And even I, after I left, I was just, wow, that was that was amazing. I we definitely I definitely had to play that game, and you know, it's it's hard to say. I, I I don't know. I think I need to probably play it, play through it, see the the good and bad about it. But you know, again, this this question was more geared towards you know what what doesn't belong you know picking the picking the odd man out so uh you know that's that's just my opinion so and uh we are actually running a bit long on this one so we're gonna go ahead and go to a break real quick and when we come back we will go into the reviews everybody okay with that yep okay unanimous yes and uh we'll see you guys in just a minute come on what all right and we're gonna move right into the reviews tonight and we ended up changing things up a little bit uh, from what we were going to do. So we'll have Jamie uh, follow up on what he was going to review um, next week. So Gerald, uh, Bryce, and Jeremiah, I know you you guys each had your own. Uh, actually, I, I apologize. Stephanie, you were going to also uh, co uh, in on one of these. So who wants to do what first? Gerald, did you want to do you want to touch on Far Cry 3 or do you guys want to do Planet Side? Sure. Okay. I'll touch on Far Cry 3 first then. All right. Go ahead, sir. Far Cry 3, a great open world game combining that and a shooter aspect of it. The story is just weird, but actually it stays somewhat cohesive despite the open world aspect of it. Uh, the mechanics are pretty solid. Um, it does keep you intrigued as far as what you have to do as far as your protagonist is concerned. Um, the only drawback is the game as a whole, because the game is great, and I really recommend it to anybody who's interested in playing it. Um, but the only drawback, slightly, is just the multiplayer, even though you do have different aspects of it as far as what you can do in the multiplayer maps. It just didn't seem to just like wow or bowl you over and just seem kind of there um, as far as the multiplayer is concerned. I mean, they've got... You know, the same kind of leveling up techniques that you've seen pretty much in almost every standard shooter that's out there. Um, as far as the maps are concerned, little variations of the same theme. But uh, other than that, like I said, the game, the campaign itself is 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 highly engaging uh, and I'm giving it a nine. So that's, you'll be seeing my rep uh, review on that on the site very shortly. But, yeah, it's uh, actually a very, very, very well-made game. And my uh, compliments to Ubisoft on that. To Are you fair, laughing, I... sir? No. What? Oh, no, I thought Nick was. No. <laughs> to be fair, I don't think this game was really made to have a multiplayer in it. I think they just kind of possibly forced to yeah, maybe put it in, maybe help sales a little bit. How did Far Cry even get to a three? <laughs> uh, I believe the first two were on a computer. Oh. No, first two uh, were also on consoles as well. What really? happened to the days of Counter-Strike mm -hmm. and Half-Life? <laughs> Those are still around. I mean, Counter-Strike Global Offensive was released not too long ago. And they're just teasing us every year with Half-Life 3. Yeah, Half-Life 3 is around the corner. I just know it. <laughs> it's around the corner. That's what we keep hearing. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a great game, and I do recommend people playing it, even if it's just for the campaign. So I give it a nine. What else? Did it have any other special features besides multiplayer or campaign? 
No. Oh, no. Uh, well, there's a co-op in there, but like you said, Bryce, it's shoehorned in there. If you try to play the co-op missions that are in there, um, it really was kind of forgettable, to be quite honest with you. Um, and the multiplayer was actually even more engaging than that. But even that was just kind of you've you know been there, done that. But that campaign is just you know with the acid trips that you go on and and just you know what you have to do to try and locate your friends and try to save your friends and and the weird things going on as a whole on the island and what you can do on the island. Um, it, it's really quite engaging, I think is the best way I could say it. And like I said, I, I really like the game as a whole. And then if you're interested in a uh, different kind of storyline that, that does touch on a lot of mature themes, that I will say. So it's an M-rated game, and, and deservedly so. But uh, it's a very, very good game, and I think you'll like it, Bryce, when you get it. Um, and anybody out there. So, like I said, give it a 9 out of 10. All right, what about uh, Planetside 2, Bryce? Planetside 2. Planetside 2. First-person shooter, massive multiplayer online game. This game is gigantic. Uh, the map, there's three separate maps that are absolutely huge. It, it takes you literally 25 minutes walking just to get to one side or the other um basically it's three factions warring against each other it's a giant command and conquer map uh but akin to sort of a halo gameplay uh, a mix between halo and what mag tried to do the playstation 3 exclusive title uh there's literally hundreds of people fighting each other at once which makes for an interesting interesting game uh, there's an experience leveling process that is uh, known to be in MMOs. So kill a person, you get levels, you get money, buy better guns, buy attachments for guns, buy attachments for vehicles, uh, upgrade your vehicles, all kinds of other uh, handy little things. Um, as far as story, there is no story whatsoever to Plant Side 2. So it does kind of get knocked down in rating because of that. There's a, a terrible backstory to why the factions are fighting, but other than that, there isn't much to go on. They just pretty much focused all of their energy into making the uh, the gameplay as immersive as possible for you, which it does very well at. Uh, it gets kind of hectic when literally 200 people are firing at each other, and there's explosions going off, and tanks shooting things, and all kinds of aerial support coming in and blowing up the tanks around you. You really have to know how to maneuver through a firefight to uh, do anything in that game. Any questions? Has anyone seen any you know, gameplay of the game? Any questions I could possibly answer for you? I have, and I tell you what, the game looks great. And just to get into it, seems like it would be uh, quite an undertaking. Uh, yeah. Uh, when there's that much action going on, it kind of does take a, a toll on your your hardware. If you don't have maybe quite the the computer to handle it, definitely recommend you turn all your settings down to low. Otherwise, you're gonna sit in a giant lag fight. Uh, best thing of all, this game is free to play, so you can download it right now and jump right into the action at no cost to you. It's it's supported, like most games are now, by a microtransaction system. Spend real money to get in-game money, buy guns, skins. I think the question I have is, in the world of WoW and whatnot, where, you know, 
Um, Swotor has had to become a free-to-play game. Do you see this game becoming a, a, uh, a hit for Sony? Mm, I think it's separately entired entire being than WoW and SOTOR is. This is uh, more of a casual type of MMO play. You can just pick it up when you feel like playing it. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a very big thing. It's kind of just a flavor of the month type of game right now, unfortunately. But it's still a good game. How's the uh, microtransaction stuff? Is it, I mean, like game-breaking, or is it just mostly No, it's not game-breaking. Honestly, it doesn't take long to earn the money you need to buy guns and, and other things. It's just spending real money will net you that thing faster. But if you're still good at the game, you can beat someone in a one-on-one fight with an inferior weapon set. So That's it's okay. not incredibly game-breaking. It mostly just buys you like extra turrets or upgrades for vehicles and stuff like that. Get your tank a smoke screen so he can't be targeted as easily by lock-on rockets. Or you can add another uh, turret to a transport vehicle or something along that nature. All right, just, cool. So, yeah. Um, I'm sorry, Bryce. Were you, were you oh, no, bro. I was just going to say that the, the full review on it will be up on the site shortly. It's going through editing right now. Yeah. We'll, uh, there's a couple things I'll touch on the website for everybody out there too. Um, we'll do that at the end of the podcast though. And hopefully Jura will still be on, um, to help me with that. Or you can do it before you go. Up to you. Uh, the Wii U. Uh, Miss Stephanie, would you please uh, would you please start us off on that? Well, uh, as you know, uh, Jeremiah and I went and got a Wii U on launch day, and we have put quite a bit of time into it. Um, randomly enough, one of my favorite features that I love is that when you pick up the gamepad, you can actually turn on your TV with it. Um, so you don't have to like fill around with having remotes or any of that. So we kind of have our gamepad plugged into its dock and you can pick it up and start playing. You don't even have to walk up to your TV or we have a very bad problem of I never know where our remote is. So, um, it's really a simple thing that doesn't really affect gameplay at all, but it's a nice little convenience thing. So that's fun. Um, the gamepad itself is actually a lot lighter than I was thinking it would be. I think we might have touched on this in the last one, but um, it's pretty comfortable. It's It looks like it'd be a lot heavier than it is, which is kind of surprising. Um, we haven't had too many graphical issues with it, and it does look really good. It comes with an HDMI cable right off the bat. Uh, is it know, so uh, or 1080? I, you know, I honestly have no idea. Okay. It depends yeah. on the game. Yeah. Oh, okay. Supporting it or not? So, but does the system, does the console as, as a whole, does it support 1080p? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Sorry to interrupt. No, that's okay. Um, but yeah, and that is standard. It comes with the HDMI cable as its hookup. Um, it you can use lower like component or um, RGB cables, but like I said, it comes with an HDMI cable. You don't have to go and buy a separate cable. Um, it comes with uh, its own sensor bar, but if you already have a Wii, which most people picking up a Wii U usually do, um, you don't have to worry about resetting any of that up. You can just unplug your sensor bar from your Wii and plug it right into your Wii U. They use the same thing. Of course, you can use the Wiimotes with it. You don't have to worry about going out and buying a bunch of new controllers. Obviously, I, 
absolutely recommend getting a pro controller. Um, but it, it feels very similar to an Xbox 360 controller, but the um, right thumbstick and the uh, ABXY buttons are actually inverse, like the thumbstick is up higher, which takes a little bit of getting used to, but the, the controllers are really comfortable, makes it a lot easier to play games like Ninja Gaiden or anything like that that usually will take a lot more buttons that you wouldn't have really been able to do well on a Wii. Um, I don't want to say everything, so I guess I'll let Jeremiah start talking about it since he actually did the uh, write-up review of the Wii U. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, you know, that's that's mostly all the system stuff, but, like, getting into the, the games, I mean, it's got a variety of games, but not really any you know, good amount of any one genre or, or anything. Um, sadly, no RPGs yet. Uh, but, you know, again, like, if you hadn't played some of the ones on the Wii, like Xenoblade, for example, then you can pick that up. Um, but, yeah, it's got just about every other, you know, something in every other genre to uh, mess around with. Um, and then playing with the Nintendo Land uh, was definitely, you know, a lot, uh, you know, surprising... Uh, surprisingly good actually like uh, we had a lot of fun with it you know brought some friends over you know played some more of the multiplayer stuff um like really got me excited for you know like how you know they will be able to use the controller for other games um you know definitely a lot of potential there like for me personally like playing the uh, the pikmin game on there um didn't care about pikmin 3 at all i mean i didn't even play any of the old ones um, suddenly super excited for Pikmin 3 just from playing that little uh, mini game on there. Um, and also, too, just from that, uh, I think an RTS would work amazingly well on it, um, just with the, the speed of being able to use the you know the touch screen and moving around with the analogs and all of that, I think would work really, really well, and I really hope that they do it. But yeah, I mean that's I mean that's pretty much it for now. Like we played a little bit of you know most of the launch games. Um, I think the next one we're going to get is probably the the Sonic All Star Racing, just to have like you know a little kart racer until they make their next Mario Kart. But yeah, we're having a lot of fun with it so far. Cool. Well, yeah, just keep us updated on that. Um, and uh, as always, you can. You can check www.yourgamesource.com for the uh, latest and greatest updates on that as well. So, the round table of doom. Uh, we're gonna go right to the uh, round table of doom uh, because I want Gerald to be here for this. Don't want you skipping off on us. Um, so, for the round table of doom. Sorry. Uh, I know there's uh, – I know – I don't know how, how recent it is by the time this is uh, this podcast is published. However, uh, it is recent right now, I'll let us assure you. The recent topic trended heavily on Twitter was the uh, number reason why. And, and really this, this applies to several areas. This is just something that we're bringing to the attention since uh, – bringing to the attention of everyone because this was a heavily discussed topic was sexism in gaming. And obviously, as we know, uh, sexism is unfortunately a problem um, that goes both ways. 
um, and in the workplace uh, as well as in every aspect of life. But the highlight is gaming, uh, at least on this podcast. So our thoughts on the problem and what we as gamers can do um, to, you know, get rid of it. So, so it's not a problem. And, you know, it, I, at first when uh, Gerald and I were discussing this, I, I kind of stopped for a second and I'm like, well, you know, it, it took me a minute to go, well, I mean, how bad can it really be? But I had a discussion with a coworker who, you know, she's a gamer. and It's sad when you have 10 year olds who say more cuss words in a sentence than you do and you're 30. Uh, that's sad, really. And for all you parents out there who don't know how to properly educate your children on what's appropriate and what's not appropriate, yeah, okay, well, we're going to try to keep this podcast clean. So, uh, uh, sorry, you know, and Gerald, you know this as, as, a, as a father, I mean, you would never let your daughters talk like Online, am I right? Uh, no, I wouldn't. Uh, and that's a father of two awesome girls. Um, I just, you know, I want to try to bring them up as the best way possible, and to learn that that type of, you know, discussion, that type of to- treatment is not tolerated. Whether you're, you know, on a multiplayer game or whether you're out in you know, what avenue of life you're doing your work your play your just social life whatever it's not uh, not at all you know not at all acceptable in any shape or form and i've tried to stress out to my girls and as they grow up and as they get older they're going to have to you know hopefully listen to to what my myself and and uh my peers like my my wife and whatnot say about it and and hopefully they'll understand that that's not tolerated and Hopefully they'll they'll take measures to prevent themselves from being in those type of situations. Yeah, you know, and and the reason why I bring that up in particular is is because in this conversation we had discussed the fact that these kids and literally kids we're we're not exaggerating here kids ten year olds are speaking vulgar language which we're not going to repeat on air. Well, Nick, it's not just it's not just the kids are doing it; it's I, adults too. But that's, well, I, I, I mean, as I've heard many times on multiplayer, but that's not for us to say about it. We should let the ladies speak on, more on the subject. I think than well, I, I understand that, but I'm just I'm, I'm leading up to that point. I'm just saying, if you have ten year olds, I, I understand it, it's diversified. Everybody everybody's spouting stuff off. It doesn't matter how old you are. I'm just saying, if it's starting off with ten year olds, I, I mean, obviously. Sexism in gaming is is obviously a very, a very very big problem. If if you got people starting out that young, who who need to watch their mouth and and who are being verbally abusive to women and saying things that are absolutely inappropriate. So, you know, I, I know I'm going to hand this all off to Stephanie, but I I just needed to get that out first. So, you know, Stephanie, why don't you give us your opinion on, you know, what what you feel. Stephanie, go ahead. Well, um, I think that um, you touched on it a little bit with the verbal abuse, but that's only really one like small part of what you face as a female gamer. On the exact opposite spectrum of that, which sounds nicer, but is honestly just as bad, 
Um, is as soon as anyone finds out that you are a female playing a game, especially in something multiplayer, they will not let it die. You no lo- you cease to be just another person playing the game, and you are the girl playing the game. And they're like, hey, what are you wearing? What are you doing? Ooh. Like, and that really kills, like, for me, that kills the game because I'm not playing a game to be a girl and be like, ooh, look, I'm a girl and I'm playing a game. I'm trying to enjoy it. And I want to be able to have the same experience as, you know, the men that I'm playing the game with. I don't want to have to worry about, oh, if, you know, some 12-year-old finds out I'm a girl playing a game, are they going to let me play the game or are they going to ask me about God knows what? Um, that drives me crazy. Another big um, problem is just the whole perception that girls don't play games and that if they do, all we play is like Dance Central and Barbie's Pony Ride. There's nothing wrong with Barbie's Pony Rides, okay? Nothing wrong. I I know, I know Barbie's Pony Ride is one of Bryce's favorite games, but I'm not such a big fan. I I leave him up. It's my opinion that this works both ways, though. I know females who take full advantage of being the girl who plays video games unfortunately they get an astronomical amount of free things in game depending on what games they play yeah, some girls definitely take advantage and how they play the game exactly <laughs> don't yeah. hate don't hate the game hate the player <laughs> yeah i mean that is a really big problem too girls that take advantage of that which also drives me insane like that's one of the worst things because it allows it allows them to continue being terrible yet to get further and further in a game because they're like, "Ooh, you're a girl. We want to give you stuff." Like you wouldn't if if a guy came and started playing a game and was terrible, like people are ruthless about it. They're like, "Oh, you're terrible. Get out of here." Da, da, da. But as soon as a girl is like, "Oh, but I'm a, I'm just a girl. I don't know what I'm doing." Like it perpetuates this idea that girls can't be good at a game and that we need handouts which is just as bad but on the other side I think what I was going to say as far as this perception that girls only play you know My Little Pony and whatever um, that is really tough for me especially going to the store to pick up a game like uh, I, I just recently picked something up and I can't think of what it was I can't remember exactly what it was. It was, it was. I don't think it was Darksiders Two. It came out right around them, but it was similar to Darksiders Two. And I got this question of, because I went to the midnight release. Oh, you know, you're somebody's lucky. You're picking it up for them. And I'm like, what? No, this is for me. Why? Just because I'm a girl, do you assume that I'm coming here to pick something up for somebody else? Like, it's a really, and it seems like it wouldn't be a big thing, but it's kind of. It, it hurts a little bit to, you know, be trying to get something and instead of being asked like, oh, hey, are you excited about this? Or, you know, oh, I can't wait for, you know, whatever they put into this. Or I can't wait to see the story. Just, oh, who are you picking this up for? Like, I want to talk about the game, too. Like, I'm excited about it. I don't want to be told essentially that, oh, you probably don't know anything about this game and you're picking it up for somebody else. Do you think game publishers as well might be uh, partially default because of the way they portray women in video games? I think so. Um, they, I can't remember where I found it. It had to do with when I was researching stuff about number one reason why. Um, 
they if you look at the advertising on games that have a lead male character versus games with an only lead female character the marketing and advertising put into the games with only the lead female character is so much lower than games with a male character and there are some exceptions tomb raider is an exception yeah there there are but on on average a lot of them receive so much less uh advertising that they don't become as popular and they kind of shun that i mean i've played so many games where you can pick between being three or four different people and it's all guys and i i don't know i'm a girl when i play a game i like playing a female avatar that's just something i like but a lot of the times i don't get to but i think one of the games that you're just describing to me uh when when you're talking about that it's heavenly sword i think that's the first thing that popped in my head was uh if that had been promoted i think that would have probably been a much more successful title no oddly enough that's exactly the game that i thought of as well me too um, first, I mean, firstly yeah and then i thought of the like exception there, of Tomb Raider. there are other games though where i mean where you're able to create your own character um that sometimes um it's even worse because, like, well, you have games like Saints Row 3 where you can make a, you know, big, fat woman, you know, player character and, you know, play as that character. Um, but then other games uh, where you can make multiple different types of guy characters of different builds and, you know, a good variety. But then when you try to make a female character, it's like, well, there's just this one, like, stock, you know, shape female that, you know, is... You know, what about even titles? In some way. And what about just, even titles such like Fat Princess? Yeah, I mean, like, and that's the thing. Like, they're kind of few and far between, unfortunately. There are some exceptions to the rule, such as Tomb Raider, Fat Princess, and Heavenly Sword. Well, yeah, but Noriko doesn't, you know, look too bad either, though. At least I think that was her name, Heavenly Sword. I can't remember. I don't. I don't, I don't think women are. And forgive me if I'm if I'm wrong on this. I don't know if women in in most games. And trust me, I use that word most very gingerly. I don't think in most games women are undermined as far as the the actual game. I don't mean you know online multiplayer or whatever. I, I just don't know if women are uh, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for. I don't know if I don't know if they're given enough. I apologize. I'm trying to think. I, I had the. Word. I think there's mostly a majority of male lead characters because that's well. Going back to Stephanie, she's a girl. She likes playing girl avatars. Developers are mostly males. They like playing as male avatars. That's why there's a generally male. But the demographics uh, are changing. They are changing. Yeah, which I have like no it, issues it, with. It, it's almost it's almost as though these game developers feel like women can't be the hero. Like it's it's always it, the damsel in distress kind of thing, you know. I think that's uh, completely dependent on the genre of game you've chosen to play. If you're playing a a game of uh, a warrior type game, then there's definitely women who are damsels in distress, and there's others that are women who can fight. And be well, that ass. 
Well, yeah, and, and I mean, and, and I mean, in every sense of the word, I mean that is a broad generalization. I, I mean, you know, obviously, like you said, you, you absolutely make a great point. It, it's very dependent on genre and the type of game. However, you have to admit the general theme. I mean, look, take Mass Effect Three for instance. You know, like we stated just just a couple minutes ago, you pretty much you really don't have too many variations as far as the the women go in that game, and. You know, and that, I think that goes for a lot of games. I, I think there's more development time put in, and in a broader sense of the term, of more custom, you know, more customization, more enhancements, more things you're able to do with the male characters than you can generally, generally with the females. And I just don't think in most games that women are. I, I don't know. I just don't. I don't think women get enough um, credibility in games, and and I, I don't know. I just don't think. I don't want to say glorified. I, I don't want to. I don't want to. I don't want to use that word because I I think that's that. I don't think that's the right term. I don't know, Stephanie. Maybe can you help me out with that? I I don't want to sound. I don't want to sound ignorant by saying that. I just don't think women get enough get get enough props for better lack of term. Yeah, well, I mean, there are some games that do a really great job of giving, you know, equal customization. Um, all the Elder Scrolls games, you can customize a male character the same as a female character. Um, or, I guess that should be inverted, but, um, but there are a lot of different games that really only provide, you can only be that, you know, perfect hourglass shape if you make a female character, whereas if you make a male character, you can be either, you know, skinny little railman or big old lover rubbing around but like when i play a game i try and base my characters off of what i look like and i'm not like perfect little hourglass shape i've got some shovel up going on and when i'm not able to do that i'm kind of like oh well i guess i can look like that but i don't know it it in the same way that advertising movies and stuff like that does it it portrays that women should be like this one image and that's all there is. Whereas when you see that male characters are able to get the more, you know, wide variety of shapes and sizes, it is a little bit upsetting. But as far as that goes, I think it's just an aesthetic thing that the developers are like, well, this is what looks good and that's what we want. Well, we, we definitely appreciate the feedback, Stephanie. So, um, I guess we'll go ahead and wrap up for the night. Well, I, I kind of want to touch on more of what you're talking about, Nick, as far as uh, the, the the language online. I don't think it's necessarily a case of racism or sexism when it comes to video games. I think it's the source of eminent, uh, being anonymous that really escalates the kind of behavior we see online. It gives people a sense of empowerment. Do you yes, know what you're saying? Yes. It, it, if in real in real life, people aren't that way. It's just a sense of not being known that gives them the power to say what they want and act how they want. And there's no really repercussions that uh, that will come from it. No one's really going to chase someone down over the internet because he said something. Yeah, the power I, of anonymous. I, I, I mean, it, I can't say the word. <laughs> I, I don't know. Actually, they did, actually, there was one case in England, and it did not lead to a happy ending. I'll just say that. 
Yeah, I uh, I think depending on the person, Bob, I guess. <laughs> I think depending on the person, you know, um that could very well turn into I mean, sometimes, you know, you get so involved in video games that sometimes for some people the the threshold the threshold becomes very blended between reality and and what's not reality and you know i i think you know having having two wonderful children myself and and looking at just uh you know the the intensity of the the how how quickly the you know their attention's drawn to you know to the violence in video games you know it it's it's scary because you know you you could take somebody who is just innocent and then you know they 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 become tainted and you know, yeah, the, the, the sense of, of being anonymous, yeah, you're absolutely right. That that does contribute to people's – doesn't give them any right to talk and act the way they do. However, I understand that it happens and no matter what anybody says, it's going to happen because they have that self-entitlement and they have that, that feeling of being anonymous that does give them that empowerment. And, you know, to – I don't think there are enough ways for people to – there's not enough repercussions that Microsoft or Sony puts in place for people who are disrespectful in the games. And personally, you know, that bothers me. I don't like playing online really specifically. That is probably one major component that inhibits me from getting online is that I don't need to hear somebody else's mouth shooting off because he got capped and – you know, because he doesn't know how to play the freaking game. You know, that's not my problem. That's his problem. I don't need to hear. I don't. I don't need to hear you mouthing off. Hey, can I do a Nick for a second here? I was thinking like Nick here, and I know that's pretty scary to to everyone out there listening. But uh, I was thinking, you know, when you hear an, an idiot say stuff like that, wouldn't it be great if Microsoft or Sony or Nintendo can come up with an instrument or PC where you just hit a button and when somebody says that type of junk, you could just go hit a button, give them like shock therapy, like a cattle prod? <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> yes. Well, it's funny. Uh, I have to say about, you know, a little sidetrack, but World of Warcraft, like they do have some pretty good, uh, you know, determines for those people that, you know, are mouthing off. And whatnot, and sometimes I, I think Stephanie maybe enjoys it a little much when she's uh, writing up the ticket about you know what X person just said and did, um, yeah. and knowing that they are definitely going to get some uh, repercussions for it. Even League of Legends has a good system. It's, it's kind of like a jury of your peers. If you get enough reports, then you face sort of a trial, and if people vote on you, that you're a uh, not worthy of being innocent that you can actually get your account banned uh, for a short amount of time or permanently if you are toxic enough to the game. But yeah, It know, feels like it's definitely getting better um, and we're nowhere near where we should be at this point, you know. But uh, at least, you know, it's getting better. Yeah, and, and I mean, like like you said, sexism, sexism aside, um you know, again, to drive the point home, uh, you're absolutely right. It, you know, being anonymous is is a major contributing factor as to why people think they can get away with that. And I think there need to be harsher punishments for people who, um, especially, you know, parents sitting there watching their 10-year-old child play and 
spouting off that kind of language. And whether they're 10, 15, 30, 45, 50, I don't care how old you are, bottom line is you need to be respectful to players, both men and women alike. And I don't think I see enough of that. And, and really until I see that change, uh, whether it matters whether I'm the only person who isn't getting online and contributing money and paying for all this crap to, to get online and play, you know, that's fine. That's my business. But I mean, I really think until they are able to, to put harsher restrictions on people who are verbally abusive to women and men, children, doesn't matter who's on. I, I, I mean, I really, I won't be getting on online anytime soon. And, you know, I, I realized we kind of detracted a little bit from, from what the original topic was, but you know, that, that, that needed to be said. So and I do case. want to say before I do want to say before you go uh, and and finish the roundtable of doom. Um, I do want to thank everyone who has written uh, on the subject. And if you want to check out www.yourgamesource.com, uh, there's been several articles written on this. Um, Stephanie had an outstanding article. Jeremiah had an outstanding article as well. Sarah, our editor chief, chimed in with an, a fantastic article. Um, also, Katie, as well, and yes, yours truly uh, spouted off on it, uh, our thoughts on it, and what needs to be done. So, if you check that out on uh, yourgamesource.com, I think we did more coverage than anyone in the industry on the subject, um, and we devoted a lot more time and respect to it than anyone. So, uh, I hope that will go a little ways toward uh, trying to eradicate this problem for good. Well, and uh, you know, we're going to go ahead and and sum things up for the night. But be, before we do, just wanted to say a couple of notes. Uh, we have a crew member, Michael. Uh, we just wanted to extend our prayers uh, to him. We realize he's going through uh, something tough right now. And we just ask for, for those of you out there, uh, you would just keep him in your family's prayers and, uh, and uh, just pray to help him get through the situation he's facing right now. You know, we at Game Source would certainly appreciate that. And I, I think uh, I speak for everybody um, on our crew tonight who's on here. So uh, on a happier note, however, uh, we did want to share that, as you know, several times in the past, we've discussed at the end of the podcast some renovations and some revamps and things of that nature that uh, we are always striving to be bigger and better and to grow as a uh, grow as a family here at game source and in doing so we have decided that we will be going through some site changes and it will be for the best we're, we're looking at enhancing and adding some components onto the website to make it more fully integrated and interactive and uh, we've received requests that uh, you would like a form so we wanted to reach out and let everybody know we are in progress and we'll be working on that and if you see any bugs or glitches while we're going through these changes, uh, please don't hesitate to send us an email. Be specific. Let us know what component of the, the website's failing or if there's any error messages or things that are not downloading properly. Uh, I'll let Gerald discuss uh, a couple new sections that we will be tacking on, such as the download corner and things of that nature uh, for your reference. However, um, all and any feedback is always welcome, so please – if there's any part of the website that you feel as though uh, needs a little needs a little love, 
uh, let us know. And if there's anything in particular you'd like to see Game Source put out there that we're not already giving you, um, please feel free to send us an email and, and just let us know. And, and as always, and I believe I speak for Gerald as well on this, uh, we are always more than happy to be uh, willing to accept new crew members interested in uh, doing editorials and, and uh, being journalists and um, and contributing uh, – sorry, I can't speak tonight – and contributing to uh, uh, multimedia. So, uh, Gerald, do you want to kind of briefly go over some of the, the new new sections we're going to be adding to the website? Well, actually, they've already been added, sir. No, but I mean uh, to, the, to the to the new iteration of the website. Well, obviously, we have uh, first off, you know, one talking about uh, a lot of uh, suggestions that both Stephanie and Jeremiah have suggested regarding, like you said, the download corner, the place to go to find out all about the new downloads that are available. Um, in case you missed it, uh, something that was originated a long time ago with Sam that Stephanie and Jeremiah had been asking to to bring back up. Uh, that was actually added uh, as well, um, and then also, you know, the point. Our my, one of my favorite pages now is Point Counterpoint, where I get to chew Nick out and tell him he's wrong. Uh, both, you know, not just on the podcast, but now I get to do it in a uh, in a writing sense as well, and uh, that I take great pleasure in as well because you know Nick is wrong, um, and Drill uh, gets benefit on the- only verbally assaulting me. He also gets to do it in writing as well. That's correct, because you need to check that out. So I'm hoping for, uh, you know, I gave him a topic I I, I want to touch on, you know, yes, that, that hopefully today. <laughs> that I hope a lit a fire under uh, under his belly, uh, you know, as far as it's concerned. And I do want to give a shout out, like you were saying, to add new crew members. If you were interested in getting involved in video game journalism, we're more than happy to uh, to help you out with that. Just give us a, a shout out either on our Facebook page or at yourgamesource at yahoo.com. Uh, but I also want to, you know, speaking of that, you know, con- uh, thank William uh, and uh, bring, you know, William on board. Um, thank you for uh, joining us out there, William. Uh, his new uh, page under Stormy Ones, yourgamesource.com slash stormyones.html. Um, his new page is up and his great thoughts on one of Nick's favorite upcoming games, Grand Theft Auto V. Uh, and why he think it should come to the PC, like over 100,000 people on a certain petition have already. He put his thoughts there, very well said, and uh, I look forward to seeing more work for him. And uh, basically, just, you know, want to give a shout-out. Remember, we're on iTunes at Your Game Source, three words on iTunes. Uh, remember, you know, Nick's great creation on Conduit. We've got a download uh, that's available for you to go right straight to your phone. Um, also, as well, we've got you know our YouTube channel. We've got more great videos coming on the way. The uh, yourgamesource.com, one word, the entire spelling on that. And, of course, our Facebook page, which keeps everyone up to date on the latest that's happening in video games. And our blogs, too. Check out our blogs. We know there's not only did we touch on uh, sexism gaming, but there were some other topics that have come up. Our great reviews on yourgamesource.com. Bryce is coming up with Planet Side 2. Jeremiah's had some great stuff. Stephanie has a great article on their upcoming nup- nuptials with her and Jeremiah. And I want to congratulate them public again on that coming up. I know it's a big month for them, and I appreciate them taking the time out to do it. And also. Uh, well, I guess I'll let them uh, speak on the newest Game Source member coming along the way. Isn't that right, you two? Uh, yeah, it, 
kind of came as a surprise amidst all the other chaos that's already going on, but um, we are having a mini Game Source member uh, coming <laughs> probably around July 22nd. Just found this out. It's uh, about seven weeks. Um, she's into the pregnancy now, uh, so we're excited about that. Um, even though we're already excited about the wedding, now we have double the excitement and double the stress and um, double the fun. Yeah, <laughs> double my gun. Well, I guess we'll have to christen your your new child with a, an official game a game source onesie. <laughs> Licensed diapers. There you go. Licensed diapers. (laughs) Well, I wish you two all the happiness in the world. Uh, I hope nothing but health and happiness for the baby as well. And uh, just, you know, Jeremiah, when you're going out for a pickled flavored, you know, shake at three o'clock in the morning, just remember it's for the baby or mocha. I'm pretty sure the baby's not going to enjoy it, but her crazy craving probably will. Yes, yes, but remember, it's feeding the baby. <laughs> well, um, on that note, thank you everybody for joining us tonight. And uh, although again, Nick does like Nick does like pickled flavored shakes, and, and he's not pregnant, I don't, I don't think. <sighs> we don't think. We're not sure though. I do not like pickled flavored shakes. Thank you very much. Oh, I see there was silence on that one. <laughs> Send us home, sir. All right. Thank you, everybody, again for joining us. And uh, you know where to find us at uh, www.yourgamesource.com for the latest and greatest in gaming, multimedia, and news. And uh, keep keep updated on on Conduit as well on the GameSource mobile app. And um, as always, uh, we always welcome any feedback and keep an eye out as we – all right, well – On that note, have a good night, everyone. (laughs) Take care and keep playing. Have a good night.